Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host. Mike Milano and joining me is Jasper Apollonia. And after his brief hiatus, Aaron Johnson, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here. You know, I, I tweeted out a little bit ago before the recording how excited I was uh, to, you know, record with you guys. And hey, neither of you responded to the tweet. That's fine. You know, I know Jasper's busy make, making uh, his mixtapes. And Mike, you know, he had to push the pod back because he was, you know, living life and enjoying life, unlike me, who's sitting here just waiting to talk about the Detroit Pistons. But, <laughs> well, in I'm my def- be back. In I I look, Mike's actions have absolutely no defense whatsoever. But in my defense, Aaron, my notifications are turned off and I haven't looked at my Twitter. So I know you know I, so many people hitting you up just, on Twitter. You're like a celebrity, so you have to What can I say? I'm just I I know I like to live life in the moment, you know, unbridled by my phone, like some zoomers on we have on here. You know, some some young whippersnappers, Gen Z, whatever they're calling you people these days. I saw you tweeting uh, through that Syracuse game earlier. Oh, my I was God. watching it. That was it was a good game. I was, but I saw you tweet through it. Oh, I knew exactly how it was going to end, too. I ugh, what a what a game. What a horrible, horrible game. Uh, Jim Beheim is absolutely washed. Uh, burned down the program. Blah, 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 blah. It's but, not, it wasn't as bad as a Michigan game, though. I mean, that's true. That well, was just you, awful. They were both well, bad from I was going to say perspective, but I, we're actually talking about a team that hasn't gone on a complete losing streak over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, unlike Syracuse and Michigan, they've a- actually been quite good over the last few weeks, haven't they, guys? Yeah, they've been uh, outstanding. <laughs> they've been playing a different brand of basketball that I'm used to. Yeah, we are kind of used to the uh, slog of the season, and I think it's probably going to go back, back to that feeling tonight with so many players out and Pistons are playing in like 20 minutes. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Pistons have been playing awfully well. Um, maybe not good enough to place any bets on them because I would feel kind of... Oh, disagree, Mike. Disagree. I have been I have been feeling quite good about all these Pistons bets I've been placing. They've been 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 paying off those Cade Cunningham overs and Pistons money lines have been real good to Jasper lately. So speak for yourself. What I should have said is bet against them um, because they seem to show up against everybody now. Um, It doesn't matter, and Cade Cunningham has the influence right now in his game where it impacts everybody else and makes everybody else better. So betting against them, assuming that the Pistons are a pushover is not a good idea right now. 
And, uh, you know, the same thing with Orlando and the Rockets, apparently. So uh, everybody, you know, sort of at the bottom, starting to uh, play a little bit better as of late. I mean, the Rockets won yesterday. I believe the Magic won too, and Terrence Ross threw down a ferocious dunk. Um, but, yeah, guys, uh, betting against the Pistons right now does not seem to be a really good plan because they just kind of play well. Um, but if you were going to make a bet, we suggest you use Bet Online, and that is today's sponsor. Bet Online back better than ever. A new web interface for March Madness NCAA basketball tournament, which is coming awfully quick. I already talked about Syracuse and uh, Michigan, but we didn't talk about those Kent State Golden Flashes who won 12 in a row and are on their way to the uh, semifinals of the MAC. You can bet on March Madness and the rest of the NBA season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code BLEAV50. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. And again, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Third. let's go back to these awesome Pistons. Oh, never mind. No, sorry. I was just going to say, Aaron, I liked your tweet. I hope you're happy now. <laughs> I, I saw that come through. I saw that come through mid-ad read, so thank you. I there feel a lot go. better. I need some sort of interaction on my Twitter. That's right. We had a spare I was talking to myself recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to talk to somebody intelligent, right? May as well be yourself. Um, so let's go back to the Pistons, who are playing quite well. And it's coinciding a little bit with Isaiah Stewart. He suffered an injury. Right knee bone bruise will be reevaluated in one week, according to the Pistons. They have won six of their last nine. Does Isaiah Stewart's injury actually help the Pistons in terms of moving them towards a poor record uh, and increase their lottery odds? Tank, if you will. Mike just said a bad word, tank. No, in, in all honesty, I mean, it, it does help the Pistons in that regard because Isaiah Stewart has been playing you know, really, really solid basketball since the all-star break. And a little bit before that too, he was starting to play better. And um, it, it definitely helps the Pistons because it sends Mark Marvin Bagley to the starting unit. And they just, you know, they're really missing what Isaiah Stewart brings for them in terms of rim protection and screen setting and, and things like that. Um, but it is still unfortunate. You know, I, 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 we're kind of going to talk about it a little bit later too. Um, just talking about young players and stuff, but I know tanking and preserving a top draft pick is important for teams that are towards the bottom of uh, the standings, but I would much, I, I very much prefer to see the young players play. Um, and this is, you know, an opportunity where obviously it's out of uh, that young player's control. He's hurt right now, but it, it is a good thing for the record because it should hurt the Pistons and it should help them lose more games, but I'd much rather see Isaiah Stewart on the court because his on court development is very important for this team as they seem to be pretty bought into the idea of Isaiah Stewart as a piece with this roster moving forward. So to see him in the midst of probably playing his best basketball of the year, definitely at least one of his better stretches 
of the season. It's definitely unfortunate uh, to see him go down. Uh, it's going to send, you know, Marvin Bagley to the starting lineup, which will be good because it's another young guy getting a look at the center position. But I think we all know uh, Bagley's probably best suited as a bench piece, uh, a guy that, you know, can be masked, masked a little bit in terms of defensive liabilities uh, and putting some other better team defenders around him. Uh, him kind of absorbing the anchor spot of the defense that Isaiah Stewart played when he's healthy is not ideal for this team. And we've seen it in, you know, the pick and roll and drop coverage, just in, in protection at the rim. I know he did have a nice block the other day uh, against the Bulls, but, you know, more than uh, um, there are more bad than good uh, on the defensive end with him right now. So and on one end, you got to hope that it's an opportunity for him to develop a, a, at that side of the floor, learn and, and start to make more plays simply because he's going to have that opportunity to play, you know, around 30 minutes a night with, with Stewart out. But uh, this will help the Pistons in terms of losing games. They, they had been getting a little bit too big for their britches in terms of winning games recently and winning, you know, six of the last nine. So uh, it will help them cool off a little bit. They also have a bunch of other players out right now, Killian Hayes, uh, Ronnie McGruder, Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, all listed out for their next game on Friday. So, um, you know, not it's not a good thing, but it is a good thing in terms of they're going to lose more games, which will help them get, uh, in theory, a better draft pick. But it's unfortunate Stewart's out uh, when he was really starting to click uh, this season. Well, I mean, not just in theory, in practice. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that the difference between getting having the third or fourth worst record in the NBA and having the fifth or sixth worst, worst record is a huge difference for your odds. And the Pistons finishing with the third worst uh, record in the NBA versus the fourth worst would make a huge, huge impact uh, on the future of this franchise, to be honest, because if you're getting the seventh pick in this draft, which you're more likely to do if you have the fourth worst record uh, than to get a top three pick which is insane but true just on the way that it works out um you know there are only in my opinion three really 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 good prospects in this draft i'm still in on paulo um but i think whatever the pistons are going to do here is going to make a huge impact on their future especially when you take into account that kate cunningham is clearly coming into his own right now so Yes, obviously having Isaiah Stewart go down, as well as Killian Hayes, uh, is not good for their development. It's not something you'd like to see, especially since Killian Hayes has a track record of picking up nagging little injuries here and there. Um, but on the other hand, you do want to get those good draft odds. So I don't know. For me, I don't see it being that important. I'd rather see them put up those kind of you know moral victories against like the bulls like they did last night and get the actual losses because like you said aaron marvin bagley is is simply i mean <laughs> we're seeing isaiah stewart's value to this team with marvin bagley in the starting lineup right you you understand how much more difficult it is for the pistons guards especially kid cunningham to play defense and to play offense in some ways because and james edwards third had a great article about this Isaiah Stewart's interior screen game, his seal-offs have been fantastic as of late, and it's letting Cade Cunningham get to the rim. So while it's bad for the Pistons in the short term, I think in the long term, you want to be losing as many games as possible. And not having Isaiah Stewart, not having Hamadou Diallo, not having Killian Hayes, uh, that helps you accomplish that goal. 
I want to have one disclaimer. I said that, that the Pistons play in 20 minutes. They actually play tomorrow. That is uh, my bad. I obviously have no idea what day it is. Uh, they play the Celtics tomorrow, today, if you are listening to this on Friday, uh, March 11th. Um, yes, I agree. Marvin Bagley does help nicely with the offense. The defense is, shall we say, problematic. Um, slow feet, kind of all those things that coalesced in Sacramento. Um, but I do think it will be nice to have an offense, another offensive-minded player on the floor. I mean, forget the defense right now. Um, it'll be nice to get a little bit more of an extended look with Marvin Bagley in there. Um, Isaiah Stewart has been playing awfully well. You know, I wanted to mention it last week a little bit when we were talking about uh, some of the positives for the Pistons, and I didn't get around to mentioning Isaiah Stewart, but he has been playing quite well of late. Um, this is the kind of this is the time of year, as Aaron had tweeted out, that any minor injury will put you right onto the report and listed as out. Um, we saw this last year with Jeremy Grant and several other players. And, um, you know, it'd be nice to have other players get a look. And, you know, one of those players we will be talking about uh, later. But one of those players we don't really have to talk about is Cade Cunningham because he's been playing exceptionally well since the All-Star break. In those eight games, 21.6 points, seven boards, five and a half assists. He's had two double-doubles. And on a team that's as bad as the Pistons, a plus-minus rating of plus 3.4, which is awfully good. Um, NBA.com has him number two behind Evan Mobley for the rookie ladder. Um, other rookies that have been playing obviously very well. Scotty Barnes has been playing extra- extraordinarily well. Josh Giddy's been out for a little while. Jalen Green just had a very good game um, against the Los Angeles Lakers, leading the Rockets to win. And not listed on our little note sheet, but obviously should be included as a Michigan man is Franz Wagner, who has carried the forward position for me um, in my fantasy basketball team. He's been the mainstay after I picked him up off of the waiver wire week one. He's been playing exceptionally well. Won't get any love because he plays for the Magic, but Franz Wagner has been playing awfully, awfully well. Um, guys, Kate Cunningham is firmly in the discussion for winning rookie of the year. And I think had Jared Allen not gotten hurt and Evan Mobley continued out on his, you know, good, not great sort of path this year. Um, I think it would have been Kate Cunningham's to lose because he just, he does so much and he's asked to do so much on this team. So it's hard to say now that Evan Mobley will get a lot more playing time at the five for the Cavaliers. They're a playoff team. Um, you know, those two things could go against Cade to end the season. But what do you think, um, Jasper, about Cade Cunningham winning rookie? Of the year? What is he going to have to do to finish out this season? Well, he's going to just have to continue to play at this kind of level because you're playing already so well. Uh, it's not... To be honest, I don't really know what much more he could do to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, obviously, his play can't decline uh, significantly. Uh, I know he had a good game last night, but he really had a good first half and kind of a not-so-great second half. He got picked on defensively a bit. Um, he's got his flaws, of course, and if Evan Mobley does end up winning it, that's fine. 
I don't think Jalen Green should really be in the discussion. I think Josh Giddy is probably going to end up missing too many games to be in the same discussion. But, you know, when it comes to, to those four guys, I know that Cades, it, when it comes to that is uh, Wagner, Mobley, Cunningham, and Scotty Barnes, I think that the difference there between Cade and Wagner and Barnes for me is that he's just asked to do way more for the Pistons. Uh, I know like Mobley, same with Mobley, like on offense, he gets almost everything set up for him. He's not asked to create his own offense very often. He's not asked to create offense for others either. And I think that that's something that you have to take into account that Cade is simply asked to do more and has done more. And you're seeing that he can contribute to a winning team when they actually have all the pieces in place there. So um, for me, I think that it could go one way anyway, really. Like there's five guys who are deserving of being in that discussion. I just think that if Cade finishes anywhere lower than two, and if he finishes behind anyone other than Mobley, I don't agree with that. Uh, I don't think that's the right choice. I think he's better than better defensively than he than Barnes has. Uh, I think he's been better offensively than Wagner has, and I think he's been comparable on the other end uh, for both those players in a way that you know it just doesn't really make any sense to put them ahead of him. Uh, Giddy, I think, is a really good player. He's not going to play enough. His shooting is not good enough, and that team is horrible, horrible, horrible. So that's going to hurt him, but. I am really interested to see how his career kind of ends up playing out because man, he has such potential, but I could also see him being like Ricky Rubio 2.0. I don't know. Where, where do you go, Aaron? Because for me, I look at this and honestly, rookie of the year, no matter who wins it, I'm happy with the guy the Pistons got. And I think that he's still probably the best player in this draft class at the end of the day, no matter who wins the award. So does it really matter all that much to me? No, no, it really doesn't. I'll interject real briefly because uh, you brought up the ask to do a lot. And just to credit your point, Evan Mobley is, was assisted on 65% of all of his made shots. Kate Cunningham was assisted on 37% of all of his made shots. So, you know, two different positions uh, to do different things. Mobley has better players around him. Cade's kind of a one-man show a lot of nights. Um, so, you know, you are correct there. He does have to do a lot of self-creation and, you know, figure it out on his own. Or the Pistons offense sometimes just falls into, a, like, a gutter. Yeah, I, I really like the point. Like, I think if you're going to make the case for Cade Cunningham to be the rookie of the year, I think it's it's what we you guys have kind of talked about. Cade Cunningham has asked – enforced really to do so much more than really any of these other guys. Uh, Kate has become the pseudo point guard for this team. Uh, really ever since Corey Joseph has stepped into the starting lineup, he's just kind of a, a, a body out there at this point. So Kate is essentially running the offense. Uh, he's being asked to be one of the leader leading scorers, facilitate uh, rebound, defend. Kate has to do it all for this team to even have a, a, sliver of hope on a nightly basis like if Cade has an off night the Pistons have no shot of winning the game they're playing there's just no chance that they will win and I I mean credit to what Jasper mentioned about the Bulls game is Cade really did have a good first half and that's when 
the Pistons were leading in the game. And then Kane kind of had a not so great second half, especially not so great fourth quarter when he came back in. And that's when the Bulls really pulled away in the game. So Kate uh, Cunningham is the reason that the Pistons win or lose games on a nightly basis. I don't think that's the same case for really any of the other guys in, in the that echelon that we're talking about. Uh, Evan Mobley has, a, although the Cavs are a little bit banged up right now, they, he still has a lot of other talent around him. Uh, same goes for someone like Scotty Barnes, uh, who the Raptors, again, another team that have also had their own fair share of injuries. So I just think Cade has to do so much on a nightly basis just for the Pistons to be in the game. Uh, they, they, Detroit just doesn't really have anyone else that can will them to a win. Like Sadiq and Jeremy are both really nice complimentary pieces, but I don't think they're guys that can carry you to wins in the way that Cade Cunningham really can on both sides of the floor if he's all the way locked in. And, you know, we've seen him at at that level. I mean, his last five games, he's averaging, you know, over 20 points, eight rebounds, six assists, shooting, you know, great from the floor, 38% from the three-point line. Like, he is playing phenomenal basketball right now. And it seems like every couple of weeks we're doing the Cade Cunningham in his last five games, Cade Cunningham in his last 10 games, and the numbers just keep getting a little bit and a little bit better. I think we've really watched him kind of settle in and figure out who he is right now. Obviously, there's still room for improvement uh, in terms of his development, but he's really settled in, gotten better uh, over, you know, each week of the season. You kind of see that next evolution of his uh, in terms of him getting comfortable, finding different ways to score the basketball, uh, finding different ways to get his teammates involved. You know, we've seen him develop chemistry with Isaiah Stewart. Now it's Marvin Bagley. Um, you know, he, he is really kind of, uh, of developing on the fly in a, in a really nice way for the Pistons. So I think he's played phenomenal. I think he absolutely has a case for rookie of the year, but I don't want to take away anything that, uh, that Evan Mobley has done. I know he's kind of had a pedestrian last month or so, but he did. He's had a couple nice games as of this past week uh, where he's really picked it up. And I just saw, I, I watched a clip. Uh, I, I forget who they were playing. It might've been the Pacers or the game after that, but Evan Mobley had it. You know, top side, a couple steps above the three-point line. And he just, he looked like Kevin Durant, where he swung the ball across uh, his the front of his body, went between the legs and stepped into a top of the key three and buried it. And it just, it looked like, it looked like Kevin Durant. And like, that is just absolutely crazy to me that a seven foot 20 year old is doing that in the NBA on a team that is one of the best teams in its conferences. So I think it's, in my opinion, it's really right now a two-man race. Uh, on the outside looking in is Scotty Barnes. And then I think those other guys, especially with Josh Giddy getting hurt. Yeah. He there's talks that he might not play again this season. So uh, I, I think it's really come down to, to Mobley and Cunningham. I don't think either of them don't deserve the award. You know, I don't know if they'll do co-rookie of the years, uh, but I think each of them have, have their own, uh, you know, narrative as to why they should win. And they both have had incredible seasons, but I think Jasper makes another good point as well in saying you know, the Pistons aren't going to be mad if Kate Cunningham, you know, doesn't win rookie there. They're still going to love the player they got. And, I, you know, Cleveland's going to be in that same position. And I'm sure those other teams, Toronto, Oklahoma City, Orlando, they're all going to feel the same way about their guys. So this is just a testament to, to how good this rookie class really is this year. Uh, Kate's been phenomenal. Mobley has been phenomenal as the top two picks. And these other guys are, are having good seasons in their own. So it's a talented rookie class. There's cases to be made for, for multiple guys, but I think, Cunningham or Mobley are, are the guys right now. Wouldn't it be funny if they did split the award? Because the last time a Pistons rookie won rookie of the year 
it was Grant Hill who split the award with Jason Kidd. I think I think they should just like I'm I'm in favor of them picking someone. You know, whether it's yeah, or whether it's Cunningham, give it to one guy. Um, I it doesn't really. It doesn't look. Ask uh, ask Tyreek Evans how much it really matters. All right. that much, you know, who wins or rookie of the year? Michael Carter Williams. I know Syracuse <laughs> great. Uh, I once I Love will that. say this. <laughs> I, I give Michael Carter Williams all the credit in the world. I said when he was drafted that he'd be out of the league in four years. He has lasted far longer than that so kudos is he on a team right now yeah he's on the magic still 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 wow i didn't um, know that. yeah i, I know he was cut actually uh, i know i mean he might not be on the magic but he was on the magic this year he's okay. gonna be a roster this year good for mc he always is stuck around um, somehow, but yeah i mean off the strength of that rookie of the year so maybe it does mean something i don't know um yeah you know what actually i will say this you know what i think would help cade win rookie of the year if the Pistons end up beating their preseason over under of 24 and a half wins right now, they're at 18. They have 16 games remaining. So in order to beat that, they need to win 25. They need to go what seven and do math, math. I'm not so good at math seven and nine in order to beat that over under Uh, they have, in my opinion, eight winnable games. They have games against the, um, let's see, they have games against the Magic, the Wizards, the Knicks, the Thunder, the Hawks, the Blazers, and the Cavs. And they have the Pacers as well. So they have some very winnable games coming up. Uh, plus, their, their last two games are against the Bucks and the Sixers, two teams that could actually be sitting all their starters, uh, resting for the playoffs if they're locked in their playoff seating. So if the Pistons can somehow go seven and nine over their last 16 and Cade plays well. I don't know. I think that if you can, you know, go into next season saying, Hey, um, we won 13 of our last 18 games. That's no, not 18. Sorry. I'm so bad at math guys. Do the math for me. 13 of our last 25 games. There we go. Uh, I think that you can say, Hey, that's, that's pretty significant. Um, that's showing that this is a team that's going somewhere. I feel like part of you like genuinely means that, and I think the other part of you makes that point because you have money on the line. But yeah. I, I don't. I that, actually that it's a, a lot of beat. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's 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 irrelevant. <laughs> that's irrelevant. Well, he'll be my rookie of the year. I'll tell you that much. He he'll be my rookie online. of the year. That's that's a hundred percent sure. If he can do that, rookie of the year in my book forevermore. Uh, I don't care who wins the actual one. <laughs> Do we have to suspend Jasper for one season for betting on his own team? Isn't that how this works? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I said it on Twitter. I said that's the, the biggest evidence of all that Calvin Ridley actually does have a gambling problem is that he bet, bet on the Falcons to win in an eight-game parlay. If that's not a man with a gambling problem, I don't know <laughs> what it is. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Aaron put it best. This is a, this is a really talented rookie class. Um, really is. I mean, Scotty Barnes yesterday against the Bulls. Um, were they playing the Bulls? No. Okay. Pistons Maybe not. the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes uh, just yesterday going in and just, just plays bully ball. And it wasn't just yesterday. It, it's been all season. He has – just this, this drive 
at times where he just has the ball. And it's, you know, of course, it's when Fred Van Fleet's out and, you know, I mean, the offense go through him. I mean, they used him and Pascal Siakam as point guards against the Cavs because they were down every single point guard. Um, he just has the ability to get, you know, when he gets downhill, he is hard to stop. He's just big and fast and is a pretty good finisher. Josh Giddy looks like a nice, uh, you know, a nice uh, uh, player next to Jagildas Alexander. He is crafty. Jalen Green just outplayed LeBron last night. Like he did. almost pretty much inarguably, he outplayed LeBron James. So yeah, yeah. His confidence, and he's a he's a great finisher. Um, the shot has always looked a little bit wonky, but you know when it's hitting, it's it comes out of his hand quick, and it's very effective. And just ask the LA Lakers. Uh, they were smoked in overtime, basically by Jalen Green. And really, for the last like four minutes of the game, um, Jalen Green just had total control of that game, which you can't really say about a whole lot of rookies. And then Franz Wagner has been awesome all year on a terrible Orlando Magic team. And uh, yeah, it's just a very talented class. So I don't know. I mean, if Cade turns on the Jets and the Pistons, Jasper, like you said, beat their, you know, over under. Um, then, you know, he would obviously have to be playing really well for that to happen. And even if they do have a lot of those winnable games, um, still would be very impressive. And especially if the injury list is going to keep growing, like it has, uh, for tomorrow's game against the Celtics, then he would have to be doing a lot. I, I do think that if they get their over in, in their win total, that he would be playing well enough that it would be, it'd be a lot closer. And Evan Mobin's going to have potentially the rest of the season playing the five um, to really make a dent in whatever lead if Kate has one in the race too, because he's going to get a lot of looks. Um, He's going to be asked to do a lot more defensively. He's going to be asked to do a little bit more creating because the Cavs just simply don't have healthy playmakers other than Darius Garland. Um, So he might have to do a little bit more creation from the high posts. Um, which kind of scares me because other than the pull-up three that he had, which did look Kevin Durant-esque and pretty much everybody in our Fear the Sword group, I was like, what? What did I just watch happen? Uh, because you just don't expect anybody that that size and that age just do that in a game. Um, but regardless, it's a very good rookie class. And I, Evan Mobley is still my pick, but Cade Cunningham is very, very close. And winning some tough games at the end of the year, you know, it's going to make it even closer. Um, I think for voters, the Cavs making the playoffs is probably going to be probably going to be too much to overcome. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. There's still lots of games against really good matchups that should favor Cade. So um, speaking of injuries, uh, we have a ton of them. I mean, Rodney Magruder out, Hamadou Diallo out, Frank Jackson out. That has sort of opened the doors for another Michigan man, and that would be Isaiah Livers. Appearing in six games since the All-Star break, 12 and a half minutes. He's shooting 37.5% from the three-point line. With Frank Jackson now, he's, he's been getting a little bit more of an extended look. And I've said this multiple times in the group chat. I like it. I mean, this team, to have anybody to be able to come off the bench and shoot 37% from three and be that young – that has to has to be a factor in some way. Um, 
and how much they play. So personally, I like him in the rotation. And with all of these injuries, I, I think he's got to have more time. Would you guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I think the thing with Isaiah Livers is he really is intriguing from the standpoint of he just shoots he shoots the life out of the ball. I mean, I was going to say something different, but I caught myself. Uh, he just really shoots the ball well. And he's also a very, very versatile defender. I think if you go back to his time at Michigan, I know he spent his senior season sidelined, uh, you know, in and out of the lineup and then out for the rest of the season eventually. Uh, but throughout his time at Michigan, he was also talked about for being a very, very good defender. And you can mm-hmm. definitely see the makings of that. And it's something that I've noticed uh, getting a look at him in the G League a little bit as well as he is very comfortable defending different style players. Like He, he, he guarded Jaden Hardy and, and he guarded Dyson Daniels, a couple prospects that you're going to see drafted this upcoming summer in the draft. Uh, he, he, he can guard guys that are a little bit bigger forwards as well. So he is quick enough. He uses his length. He keeps his arms out. Like he is a disciplined defender as well. And I think that impact is, is something that's going to allow him to play more, even if he's not shooting the ball well, which he, he really can. I mean, his shooting is, uh, it's, it stands out on a team that is just such a bad shooting team. The Pistons have been 29th in essentially all the shooting metrics, the only team they've been worse than is the Oklahoma City Thunder, or the only only team that's been worse than them is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, but the Pistons have been bottom of the barrel in, in all the shooting metrics throughout the season. And, you know, when you see a guy like Isaiah Livers come out and actually be able to consistently make shots, like that's an important thing for this team. And you know, maybe he's not a guy that ends up playing 30 minutes a night, but if Isaiah Livers is a, a good bench piece for this team moving forward and you know, can step into the starting lineup here and there and, and give you a handful of, of games in reserve. Like that is good. And it's important for team building. Not every draft pick and acquisition can be a, a, a starter or a top player, but you also have to hit on, on key reserve pieces. And I think Isaiah livers is, is giving the Pistons a, a hell of a look right now. And this is actually that part of the season where the Pistons should be playing guys like livers. Like, especially with all these injuries now and, and the Pistons are going to do kind of what they did last year with guys like Jeremy Grant and, and Mason Plumley. Like if you have some sort of injury, you're going to sit because one, it allows us to play younger players and two, it helps us lose basketball games, which is important now because you're trying to get the, the best lottery odds possible. But like, let's not stop at Isaiah Livers. Like Saban Lee is going to get some more time here with Killian Hayes out and, and Saban Lee should get some more time. He's been killing it in the G league. I he know looked he kinda, good. He did. He looked good last night. He looked good. I know he, he looked really good off after his first stint up with the team. So he went back down, but like give him another chance or over the, you know, rest of the 18 games or whatever it is. Uh, Chris Smith, like, let's see what he can do. That's a guy that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, six, nine handles the ball really well. Like has, legitimate guard like abilities with the with the basketball in his hands shoots the ball uh you can see that he's can be a player defensively as well like you know i mean luca guards are sure give him some minutes i guess but really the pistons have you know three four guys that really haven't been in the rotation this year that over the the, the last part of the season should really really get a look to see where they kind of fit in uh with this team moving forward isaiah livers is just kind of the first piece of that grouping that uh, should be getting that opportunity. And Livers has really, uh, you know, paid off in that role for the Pistons as of now. Uh, he's been really good in the in the short amount of time that he's actually gotten for the team. Uh, 
I think it's not a stretch to say that he should absolutely take Frank Jackson's spot. He's a more versatile and just simply better defender. He's a better shooter, I think. Um, he's a bigger player. He's, yeah, I just think he does. He can do more for this team than somebody like Frank Jackson can. And, um, yeah, I, I'm very much excited to see, like you said, not just him, but Chris Smith and uh, perhaps some more Saban Lee in the lineup as well. I'm totally down for that because uh, the Pistons have absolutely nothing really to play for other than pride at this point. And if, you know, Isaiah Stewart is going to be out, I would not be surprised if Isaiah Stewart's played his last minutes of this season. I hope Killian Hayes has not played his last minutes of this season. Uh, this is not a like a, an injury that should sideline him for long. And he still needs more time. Like that's another guy that I want to see more of at the end of the season. Absolutely. Um, but I think at 100% livers needs to be in the rotation right now. He actually has upside. Let's not forget that he was a player that was talked about as a potential first round pick uh, before he was injured at Michigan. Like if had he not come back for that season, he probably was going to get drafted in the late first round. So this isn't like some guy coming out of nowhere. We already knew what he was. And you can see that he clearly has not only like the body to play a multitude of positions offensively, but also defensively. And I think that that is really, really crucial. There's, you know, there's no such thing as like too many six, eight guys with good athleticism that can shoot 38% from three. That doesn't exist. There's not too many of that. So in looking at the shooting, I feel like I do this every like three weeks. Um, so the Pistons are, as Aaron said, they're 29th in three-point shooting at 33%. They are dead last in effective field goal percentage, 49.1%. They are 29th in accuracy at the rim. Despite being 29th in accuracy at the rim, they are sixth in percentage of shots taken at the rim, which... Uh, um, was interesting, I guess, uh, for being that high and shots taken at the rim and being that poor in makes at the rim. Um, they need shooting, and Isaiah Livers can deliver that, no pun intended. Um, and guys pretty much nailed it. <laughs> um, that That's fine. You can boo me. I, I see the flying tomato coming at my head right now uh, from off stage. Um, they just need guys who can shoot. They really do. At the end of the day, they just need guys who can shoot, who can give them a different look. Yep. And Isaiah Livers can do and that. Look, look, um, there's really Mike. Let's be real, Frank. Ahead. No, I'm sorry, Frank Jackson has not shown that, has he? Again, like he's shown that for one season last year. In the other three years he's played in the NBA, he hasn't had a three point percentage better than thirty two percent. I mean, to to be fair, I, I don't want to discredit. Frank Jackson too much because he was a heck of a player for the Pistons last year and really was a bright spot. This season has really been riddled by injuries. I don't know if that necessarily takes away from the point of Isaiah livers or, you know, getting any of the younger guys a look down the, the stretch of the season, but Frank Jackson is still pretty young too. And I know before he really kind of got lulled into this stretch of injuries, we were talking about him earlier this season as a guy that, you know, the Pistons should try to keep and, 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 you know, have as a part of the roster because of what he brings to the team. So I don't want to give him too I mean, much flack. He shot 41% from three. 
last year on threes. 41%. But he hasn't done it at any other point. Like, he's a career 33% 33 shooter from deep. I don't know. I I guess just for me, it's like, yeah, I know he had a little bit of, like, a hot streak earlier on in the season, but it only took him up to 32% from three. For me, I just, I don't know. He's just not a player that I am particularly interested in keeping around on my roster. He's fine. He's he's a little piece, but he's not something that I can see as a long-term guy that you want necessarily on your roster when you're good. I can see that maybe with Isaiah Livers. At the very least, I see the tools and the physical skill set with Isaiah Livers that I don't see in Frank Jackson. So I don't know. That's all I'm saying. No, you, I mean, you're definitely right. We're not, I don't mean to prop up Frank Jackson as like a, I know, just want to say a secret weapon off the bench. One last thing on this. I just want to say is that Isaiah Livers is a rookie. Frank Jackson has played, you know, four seasons. He's in his fourth season in the league or whatever. Same age. They are both 23 years old. Yeah. <laughs> just for reference. Great. Not, not, Weird. not going to uh, influence the narrative in any way. Just pointing that out. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, yeah, and like I said, I don't mean to prop him up as like some super, you know, great player that we have to keep, you know, because he had one good season shooting, but, you know, not anything like that. The next time the Pistons are on, you know, the pathway to the playoffs, I don't think that Frank Jackson is going to be on the roster. Um, and he's not that kind of player that you're going to be looking to in a, you know, in a playoff setting. Um, the Pistons just had very few options this year. And, they now have another one in Isaiah Livers that offers you a little something different while also being able to knock down a three. I don't, I don't see why he doesn't get those minutes. You know, the same thing with Saban Lee, the same thing with, you know, Chris Smith. Um, I totally agree with all that. Um, and especially with all these other guys being out. I mean, there's just no reason right. to not have the young players come out, try to play, see what they got. I mean, we're, we're in the point of the season where, you have to start to look at next year and who, who you're going to keep for summer league roster so that Aaron can, can gush about the summer league three <laughs> months before it starts. Uh, okay, last thing I want to say on the livers thing is, yeah, you're right, Mike. There's so many other guys out right now that either way, you know, Frank Jacks could, could come back tomorrow and, and be good to go and he could be part of the rotation. There's still minutes for Isaiah Livers. Um you know, there's, there's going to be minutes for everyone. There's going to be injuries. The Pistons are going to hold guys out. I mean, you know, you know Jeremy Grant's going to get shut down at some point, uh, you know, with a, at least a couple weeks left in the season, you'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there will be something. So, uh, heck, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, it's, at this point, someone like Sadiq Bay, the same thing happens with him. I mean, it's not like the Pistons need to necessarily, you know, evaluate him the same way that they might want to evaluate some of these other guys like Livers or Smith. Uh, at the end of the year, but there's plenty of guys, uh, you know, that are going to get a look and there's, you know, 18 or whatever it is games. I forget we were talking about earlier, but uh, however 16. many games are left, there's you know plenty of time for these guys to get a look. And you know, I'm excited to see what they can do. I mean, at the end of the day, long-term, are these guys on your roster the next time you're a championship contending team? Odds are probably not, but you have to think as when you're building a team that you're, you are drafting guys that are going to be a part of your next championship global team. I mean, that's at least big picture. What I would think is, is a goal. Um, so it's important to see what they can do and yeah, get them ready. Uh, see what they are, are able to do now so that we know what we're looking for in terms of improvement for next year's summer league championship level roster. 
<laughs> I'm getting ready for it. I mean, let, let's say, you know, top, top five pick, uh, you know, Kate's not going to play in summer league, but a top five pick, Isaiah Livers, Chris Smith, Luca Garza, Killian Hayes. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. You're going to get Seiko, don't really boy, upset with that one. Servitas. Oh, my God. Is that, yes. they, brought, they brought back Seiko for the summer league roster. It, it is. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's Gigi Detome's music. Oh, that's it. <laughs> All right. We need to wrap this thing up. <laughs> Jabari Smith yeah. and the boys. There you go. Take on exactly. Vegas. Then we'll get a Mitch McGarry sighting and we'll be perfect. Oh my gosh. Um, if that happens, we're, we're, we're going to Vegas. We're flying. I'll, I'll, wait, yeah, wait. Is, a trip. is, uh, is weed legal in Vegas? Asking for Mitch I mean, McGarry. I think mean everything, <laughs> I mean everything's legal in Vegas. If go. Mitch McGarry's on a summer league roster, I am funding the trip for all three of us to go down there. That's great. So. I'm bringing, I'm bringing the pre-rules for him. There we go. <laughs> All right, we've officially gone off the rails with the Mitch McGarry. <laughs> Mitch McGarry was obviously the um, what what opened the floodgates of stupidity. So um, <laughs> that that makes sense. So guys, we've hit on all of our topics. Anything else uh, with regards to the Pistons? Um, Kate Cunningham, Rookie of the Year. Any anything else? No, I mean, I you know we've we've talked a lot. We've talked probably enough for today. I, I now that the Mitch McGarry stuff has been brought out, I can't refocus myself to get serious. So <laughs> that's it's right. just a giant blur. You just can't see now. Absolutely, I, I literally, I'm just like delirium. I just have Mitch McGarry in my head. Like I'm just, I am staring at Mitch McGarry right now. I have two words for you, Walter Herman, and that's all <laughs> I had to say. Perfect. That's all I had to say on that, Walter Herman. I just wanted to put that name out there. Not enough people talking about him these days. Walter Herman. Say his name in the mirror three times and you'll grow beautiful Fabio-esque hair instantly. Michigan really needed Mitch McGeary in the uh, huddle earlier holding his win the game uh, sign up on the whiteboard. But That's true. He probably could have helped and them calm down go. a little bit at the very least. Probably <laughs> they take the edge off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, well, Guys, good stuff. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week as well as we continue to see if Cade Cunningham plays just you know, a little bit better to push himself closer to winning Rookie of the Year. We'll see who's left on this roster and who doesn't have a nagging pinky toe injury and is suddenly out for two weeks. Um, regardless, we hope that you'll be with us next week again for another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. We thank you very much for listening. And once again, uh, make sure you head on over to our website as well. Still have some written content. We'll be gearing up for player season reviews. I can't believe this is already happening already. I think baseball coming back so late has really just thrown off my sports calendar <laughs> completely. Um, totally forgot about it until uh, they decided to bring back the league. Um, but we will be having player reviews uh, before you know it. Uh, crazy enough. We hope that you'll be over on our website checking all of that great content. Uh, out. So for my co-host Jasper Apolloni and Aaron Johnson, thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. See you all next time.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.